that we would talk about a little bit about the end times, the last days or whatever. How many of you, this is just, how many of you believe or feel that we're in the last days? How many of you are just kind of, you're not quite sure that we're in the last days? Okay, good. Uh, I don't say good, I'm just saying that I, I appreciate your honesty because uh, I think uh, this, me personally, I think we're, we're, we're in the last days, but what does that mean? In terms of time, only God knows that. All Jesus said was you got to look at the signs, look at the signs, look at the signs, and they're there, I believe. But we've talked about that a little bit. We've talked about one of the signs is the, the indifferent church, and uh, we're into a series on hearing God's voice or listening to God speak. God speaks to us today. As we know, he speaks to us in a variety of ways, and I believe He's speaking to us today with this message because it might, for some, some of you might disagree, but that's absolutely fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, but as long as we disagree when it comes to the Word of God, what I'm giving you today comes right from the Word. I'm not saying that I have all the answer. I'm just saying that our text will be the Bible. And what the Bible says about uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, the books in Revelation, the book of life and the Lamb's book of life, and how important that is to us, and uh, the importance of all of us to know that our names are written and sh- are, should be written in the Lamb's book of life, or I hope they are for you. But if they're not, then you can make sure that can happen for you today. Who knows what tomorrow? Or the future holds. It could be joy, it could be heartache, but God knows. God is not limited to time, but we are. God is in the future as he is in the present. He knows who you are and where you are going. His word and spirit gives, guides us through this life and into the life to come including what the prophecy containing the book of life means and what it means to us. So my first thought is, comes from, thought number one is is God knows all. And it comes from Revelation 20, uh, verse 12. And I saw the great white throne and him who is seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. I repeat that phrase again. Standing before the throne and books, as in more than one, were opened. Another book is opened, which is the book of life. The dead will be judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So God records all our thoughts, words, and deeds, good or bad. And Ecclesiastes 12, 14 affirms, For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Many people are deceived thinking that they, that 
they have not felt any penalty for their sins, so therefore, what's the, what's the big deal? There's not a problem. They don't have to worry about their sins because nothing's going to happen. Nothing could be farther from the truth. God judges. He's here. He's here. Our sins will go, will not go unnoticed. The Bible says every act that we do, good or bad, recorded in our lives on this planet, they will be brought up again. We're going to qualify this. There's some good news here. God is not, God is recording everything that we do. I'm going to keep saying that over and over and over again. Because everything we do is seen by God. Now, one thing, one slip of your tongue or my tongue, or one slip or whatever, it's all seen by God. He has he's had the giant recorder. He knows all things. So we can't get away with anything, quite frankly, because God is right there, and he knows what he knows, what he knows. He's bigger than Elon Musk. He is. Uh, so that's kind of our starting point. Number two, I'm going to get to the good news and the bad news. So, Josh, we're going to do the good news first. But first, we need to read Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. He came in as a gentle lamb. He's coming back. He's not going to come back as a gentle lamb. Everybody's going to know when Jesus comes back. Everyone, even those that believe that, that are saved and those that are not saved. So the good news is that Jesus came first to pay the price for humanity's sins. And when he comes again, he will fulfill his salvation for his people. That's why he's coming back, to fulfill his salvation for his people. Here, all believers, believers will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, many of you know all of this, so it's, it could be a review for some of you, but we need to maybe revisit this because it is so, so important. So, we're going to stand before him, and this, this, Judgment that I'm talking about is going to be different because all people's sins will be washed away. All of them. When, when we come before Christ, when we die, all of our sins are going to be wiped away. We have no problem because we are we have accepted Christ. Every believer, have, you know, it's all about being trust and obedience to Jesus Christ. That's what he's going to look at. And that's important for us to see that when God evaluates us, he will evaluate us according to our, our good works. So, he will not judge us any other way but that. I'm struggling with this because I want to make sure I give you the right words 
that he'll wipe away all of our sins so all the messy stuff you've done in your life that was recorded in the book of life is going to be gone. He's not going to bring all of that up and say, okay, okay, let's talk about what you did here back in 20, you know, 2021 and what all these bad things. That's all gone. The only thing left is going to be your rewards for your good work. That's what's going to be left. All the good stuff. So for the believer, it's going to be an awards banquet. That is an amen. That is, that is what we have to look forward to. That awards banquet. So, God will evaluate us according to our deeds in Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Not how successful we were. Hear that. We live in a country society where it's all about success. When you die, God's going to give a hoot about how much you have in your portfolio. It, yes, he wants us to, be, uh, to work hard. He wants us to use our minds, our talents. Absolutely. He, there's nothing wrong with being successful, but that's not going to get you into the kingdom. That's not going to get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, you can say to God one day, well, look at all the good things I did. I did all of this. I, I, I gave to the poor. I did this. I did that. I was very good to people, whatever. And he's going to say, what'd you do with me? Is there going to be silence? Maybe. Until somebody's going to regroup and says, well, 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 what'd you do with me? We're going to be judged on that. That's why it is so important what we do right here and now as we live this life, we are preparing ourselves for that afterlife. And please, please don't get caught up and think, I'm so young, I'm so young, I'm so young. I got all this time to think about these things. Why are we bringing up all of this, whatever? Because you don't know. You don't know when you're going to leave this planet. Only God knows that. How many young people think when they get in their car and they're driving intoxicated or whatever that everything's going to be fine and dandy and work, life is wonderful and they die that night? This is important for every generation, not just for people in my generation where we're closer to that, really, that moment than everybody else here. We're closer. But that doesn't mean that we're going to be there before some of you here. It doesn't mean that. God says, be prepared. Be prepared. There's too many churches that don't preach on this stuff. They don't. Why? Because they don't want to offend. Well, let me tell you something. When you're standing before your Lord in judgment, you, 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 you rejoice in the fact that somebody has told you or talked to you about Salvation and what's going to happen to you after you die. For some of you, this could be the only time. You know, for some of you, God's going to say, maybe, I hope not, but maybe he's going to say, well, don't you remember on Mother's Day in 2022 when that handsome pastor, <laughs> we had to bring it in this, you know, talked about this. Don't you remember that? Well, well, yeah, it's recorded right here. Every word, every stumbling word that he 
came out of his mouth is here. I'll play it back for you in case you forgot. And obviously you did. I'm not pointing at you guys, but I don't mean that you're, that you're not saved, but I'm just saying that how important this really is. Don't get too bloviated about your successes here on earth. Don't. Work hard, but it's all about Christ. It's all about him. The bad news is unbelievers will stand before that great white throne judgment. And in no way, shape, or form will this judgment be like a typical courthouse trial today. The unbeliever will stand before Christ alone. And God's going to open the books and he's going to judge them for their deeds. And we talked about the believer giving all the good things, the rewards. Uh-uh, not here. This is going to be just the opposite. You're going to be standing alone. There will be only one judge. No jury. No defense attorney to plead your case. And he would judge because of people not accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the criteria. That is it. What have you done with Christ? That's going to be the question. If there is a question for somebody standing before him, the unbeliever, that's going to be it. But what did you do? But I did all this, but he said, no, no. What did you do for Christ? Did you accept him? Did you, did you, do you, did you accept the penalty that he paid for your sins? Well, no. Well, that's why you're here. Stand before me. And when we stand before him, or the unbeliever, when they stand before Christ, then will come the judgment or their sentence. And there'll be no chance of an appeal. None. There'll be no one coming and saying, well, trying to plead your case, or last sentence, God says, oh, I think I'm going to change my mind because you're such a good person. No. There'll be none. It's over. It's done. How are you feeling right now? Good, okay. Well, it gets better. Uh, hopefully it does. I'm going to look at the books for a moment or two. And the Bible talks about two books. But, but for some theologians and Bible scholars, they get, we get confused on these books we're talking about here. Some would say, well, the books really include only one book. You have the book of life, then you have the Lamb's book of life. So they're, they're really one, but really in function, they're not. They're not. The Lamb's book of life we have, and then we have the, the, Lamb, the, the, the Lamb's book of life and the book of life. Now, initially, the book of life contains all the names of those who have been born on this planet. So when we were born, our names were put in that book of life. And so what that means is throughout our lives, God is recording our thoughts. Everything is being recorded in that Lamb's book of life. Everything. 
God's not going to miss one period, one question mark, whatever. It's all going to be there. Very evident. Whereas in the Lamb's Book of Life contains only the names of those who have what? Received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, your name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life. It's there. Are you with me so far? Okay. Beck, I promise you it's going to get better. Revelation 21, 27. Nothing impure will enter it. He's talking about the new Jerusalem. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful be, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. How do we explain it? It's like a registry. You know, you have a wedding or whatever. You have the, the bridal shower. We just had one for my granddaughter yesterday. And what happened you at a bridal shower? I guess they have certain stores. They might target certain items that they want at that store. So you register for that, you know, in that store or whatever. You know, and I guess that's kind of cool that way if there's not duplicate things if you, you know, shopping in that store or whatever it is. I don't quite understand all that. But that's what Jan tells me. But the Lamb's Book of Life is the registry for those who have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But hear this. When that happens, it includes everything. Everything in heaven is for you and for me. There's no this store, that store. You know, there's no limitations here, there. It's all there for you. The New Jerusalem, everything and we can explore through eternity. It's there for us at our takings. Once we're in, we're in. We're in forever. Stop and think about that. Once we enter those pearly gates, so to speak, then God's in here. It's yours. It's yours in joy. Not for a day, but forever and ever and ever. What about the alternative? You know? It just too is too risky not to be talking about this. And it's too risky for those that aren't sure or think what I'm saying is, eh, you know, it doesn't really mean much. much. He's got another 10 minutes. He's going to be done. Let's move on with life. No. You can go out here and get hit by a car and die. Then it'd be too late if you haven't accepted Christ. Then this message would be too late for you. And there'd be no turning back. Amen? Amen. Well, well, well. Looks like we're getting a little bit nervous here. We're going to pull in it all together. I'm going to review all this because I think it is so, so important. My, first, my fourth, fourth point, pulling it all together, Romans 3, 23 through 24. For all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Those who appear before the great white throne judgment are those who what? Who have died without accepting Jesus' payment for our sins. Then Jesus will judge their works, open up the books, Everything done in the books, he will judge their works. 
Everything they've done on this planet will be judged and seen by him. They will be found guilty. But remember Romans 23, uh, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Could we have some music here, please? The Lamb's Book of Life will be opened and will include all the names again of those who have what? Found, received Jesus Christ. So we all know that. They have been redeemed according to the word by the blood of Christ. That's why he's wiped away every sin. So that's why in the books, yes, we're being recorded right now, but really, when we, once we die, the, there was books, it's going to be clean. It's all going to be the good stuff for us. By the blood of, of the Lamb. I love that. But remember, at this time, not one believer's name will be found in the book of life. Your names are in there now, all names, but one day when we die, their names are going to be removed. You won't find one unbeliever's name in there. Erased. Gone. Gone. Okay? So far, so good. Revelation 2015 confirms anyone whose name was not found in the Lamb's book of life or in the book of life was thrown into the fire. That stresses the importance of making sure that our names are there, are in the Lamb's book of life, in the book of life. Um, we're talking just driving here to church some people have a real hard time believing that a loving God would send people to hell. I hear that so often, especially for the marginal believer. Why would God do that? I can't believe that God would send someone. That is just terrible. Look at the Old Testament. My goodness. You, know, you read Jeremiah, you read Ezekiel. And, and what happened to those that are steeped in idolatry? The unbelievers, those who are disobedient. Bad stuff happened to them. But we don't want to hear it as a, as a rule, as a society. We don't want to hear all the bad stuff. But God says you need to hear the bad stuff. There's always, thus saith the Lord. But if you repent and turn to me, then things will be different. God is righteous. He can't allow sin he won't allow a sin. If he did, what would heaven look like? If there is potential, heaven cannot have this potential for sin because then what happened, human nature would kick in and sin would start all over again. The millennium, when Jesus comes for a thousand year range, you think it's going to be a sinless time? No, no. There's still going to be sin because Satan is still going to be moving about on this planet. It's only after that period of time is when, when Satan will be removed permanently. Okay. Sue is uh, kind of questioning a little bit. She's kind of frowning a little bit, so I don't know I'm getting across there. But here's one thing. Here's something very encouraging for me. I'm reading from 2 Peter 3, 9b. Not not wanting anyone to perish, referring to God, but everyone to come to repentance. That, my friends, is pure God's grace. 
God, it grieves God when one person does not receive Christ. It grieves God. Stop and think about that. It grieves him so much. But there is a warning here. I think, I think the warning that I want to share with you, it's dangerous to believe that either Jesus will not return, that what I've just said here is a bunch of garbage, it's not true, that all this talk about Jesus coming again is not going to happen, that is flat out dangerous. Or, or Jesus Christ is coming again, but that's way down the road. That could be a thousand years. It could be 5,000 years. It could be 300 years. So why worry about it? I'm young and I'm alive and, and life is good and I got so much to look forward to. I'll worry about Jesus down the road sometime. Maybe when I'm slow down a little bit and have a family or what have you, then I start thinking about faith things. No. We just need, for those that are in Christ, this is pretty much same old, same old for you. Maybe some reinforcement. But for some here that might are not sure what I'm saying is true, and they're not sure that their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You need to be sure. You need to be sure. You need to know what you know what you know to be true. You know why? Because for all of us, in particular for those that aren't sure, is your eternal destiny is on the line here. This might be your only opportunity to know for sure that Jesus is real and that Jesus died on the cross for you, that by receiving him as Lord and Savior, your name is automatically put in the Lamb's Book of Life. The amazing thing about salvation and the amazing thing about people accepting Jesus Christ as Lord is he made it so very simple. You don't have to be a PhD to accept Christ. It is so, so simple. It amazes me that how God used Billy Graham. Billy Graham was not a top student. He wasn't. The guy was just maybe average, maybe a little bit, whatever. He was never that, you know, uh, you know honor student. But look how God used that man. See, it's not about, it's about that. It's about opening our hearts to him. And if you're not sure, and you think maybe it's because of my good deeds, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to work really hard at it. God says, don't work really hard at it. Just accept me. And then work really hard at it. And I'll help you do that. But don't put the cart before the horse. Is that, is that right? Whatever. Something like that. You know, it's got to be Jesus Christ first. My wife was in church all her life growing up, but she never knew Christ. So don't just say, well, because I've been in, in, in church that I know about Jesus, 
but do you know him? That's the key. He's not going to say, he, you can say, when you stand, if the unbelievers stand before Christ, and he said, well, and Jesus said, well, do you know me? Yeah, well, I know. He spills off a lot of history, whatever. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. Do you have a relationship with me? Listen to this. Each one of us, we are responsible for building a relationship with God. I'm not picking on Chris or Sue, but they can teach their children about Jesus. But Levi and Anaya, they are responsible. Somewhere along the line, they have to dig their own wells. As my children, somewhere along the line, they have to step away from us because they're not going to... My daughter, Diane's here, yeah, hi, Diane. Anyway, she's not going to enter heaven because her dad's a pastor. That's not the way it works. She's got to make her own decision, as we do. That's why this is so important. I'm not Billy Graham, and we're not doing a crusade here. But what would he do at the end of his crusades? Well, kind of know that. Just as, as Amos played, people would come forward, come forward, and he talked about people come forward to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And he said maybe 50% of those people that came forward all those years were serious. God knows the heart. He knows the heart. If you're not sure this morning, be sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Don't take it as a joke because that's what Satan wants you to do. Don't take it as if this is just words, words that don't really mean anything. They mean everything. Everything. One day when I leave this planet, I hope and pray that as I, as God records my life, I look out. I see to my left. I see all of you. Every one of you. To my right, every one of you. And I want to see all your faces in heaven because I know that's where I'm going to be in Jesus. As much as I want it, Zoe, God wants it even more for all of us here. He wants it so bad. So he said, I'm going to make this really easy. I'm going to, and I'm going to pray with you. Three lines, three, three, three lines. That's it. That's all we need. I know you can pray more. I understand that. But again, God makes it easy for us to enter his kingdom. And for some people, they, they'll say this prayer. They say, that is just too easy. It's too easy. Yes. It's supposed to be easy, but God's looking at your heart. What's in here? What's in here? Now, Tasha's going to be up here, and I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation. And as I pray, when we're done with the service, you can go right to, and she can fill in any, any questions you have or what to pray with you, what have you. This is important. Don't leave. Don't leave this building if you're unsure. Don't, don't leave. 
You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your salvation. Any question you might have, I don't care if you've been a Christian for 30 years, you've been in a church, if you're not sure that what I'm saying is true, then you can be sure today. I'm repeating myself because it's necessary. This is your moment. Mother's Day, May 2022. When I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord, my Savior, and he, he took my name, he wrote it right into the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm in, and everything gift there, Rudy, is going to be free. Free gifts for all that come to him. I want all of us just to bow our heads right now, please, if you do that. And this is not about uh, trying to make anybody feel uncomfortable or whatever. Everybody's bowed. Nobody's looking at each other. If there's anyone here that's not sure that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're not sure, you have some reservations, then raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're not sure that Jesus is real. Raise your hand. We're going to pray with you. Just pray this prayer along with me in your heart. And for those of you that are still not just not sure and, and you just, just want to keep this to yourself, then just pray this to yourself. Just pray in your heart. Pray this prayer. Oh, Lord Jesus, I believe and accept that you died on the cross for my sins. I don't understand it all. I have some doubt, but help my unbelief. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. Lord Jesus, I want my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Just waiting for me when I leave this earth, Lord, that you'll call my name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you pray that prayer along those lines, God made it so simple and that's it. That, those words will open the doors, that prayer for you to enter the kingdom of God because your name's written in the book of life and the Lamb's book of life. Isn't that great to know? You know, that is so cool and so assuring to know 
where we're going after we leave this planet. So, since we're done, uh, don't forget if you have a 